kids, good morning. It is 6.28 on a late start of the podcast, but I have a reason that I'm, I got up early and I was drawn to the computer to finally finish what I was working on with the animations. So I abandoned using Jupyter Notebooks because on Windows, I just couldn't get any of the examples to even run that, that did animations. So I dropped down into this other tool called, I think it's called PyVideo. And PyVideo lets you write bitmaps directly to frames and produce an AVI file. So I got so fascinated with the results that I couldn't draw myself away from them. So let me just describe what I did. And now I'm actually going to produce a video on this and publicize it. As soon as I can get everything all worked out and I'll send it to MathLogger and all these other math dudes. Six thirty, so seven thirty, eight thirty, I have two hours before I have to be back. So I can do a one hour walk and one hour back. Which should take me down to either bridge. So, let's just start with this. Speaking of bridges, I had this, uh, I've been studying Euler's life, and I've started to read the book. But uh, it's nice to watch some short YouTube videos to get, uh, to get yourself in the mood. And, um, so Euler, died 300 years ago and his work has not been published completely yet. He was so prolific in his output that the that he published like 300 papers after his death but his entire work has yet to be completely processed, which is an amazing thing. So it has taken humanity 300 years to even recover from this person's output. And he was blind in the end of his life. So this gives us... Now, first of all, I have to say in humility, okay? This guy was a genius. He had perfect memory. He had perfect understanding of math, which I don't have perfect memory. I don't have a photographic memory like that. I don't, um, I'm gonna tie my shoe here. I can't claim to be anywhere near this guy's uh, level. Okay. So, obviously, um, I'm just tying my shoe here. 
obviously, I don't want to sound arrogant. Um, come on, get moving here. Oh. Okay, let's go. I have someone coming. sound arrogant or pretentious or anything but I'm alive he's dead so that gives me a big advantage over you or and to speak about the mind going into logos the spirit to go into pure information if anybody has done that, this guy has really done that. Because he was going blind, but he was extremely productive. He had a whole team of people who would read to him papers, right? And he would dictate his papers. And I think that's also why he has such a great style. And he was also able to publish his works with mistakes that he corrected. Like he published all of his like false starts and stuff. Um, but he dictated these, these papers. And I'm just thinking, hey, this kind of gives credulence to what we're doing here in the stream of random because we are basically blind I'm not looking at the computer right I'm just keeping myself from getting run over going for my walk so like Euler I have to base everything on my memory which is improving and based on calculations we can do in our head, which is improving. And moving the internal cursor around the point of imagination, which we found out is a part of the brain. The mathematical point, the positional information. Okay, so I'm not going to compare myself to this guy or detract from him in any way because you have to just bow down in awe of this sheer, sheer genius and um, he also did many of the things that I was looking at so I see some real connection with him too so I am emboldened to continue on my mathematical journey in the footsteps of Euler 
We talked yesterday about the keys to the numbers and how the numbers can speak to us. Well, I'm just going to say that he has given us these keys. So we don't only need to look in the numbers, we have a secondary key to bootstrap ourselves into the world of numbers. Um, which is a starting point. And he's much more accessible than Gödel. So, So let me explain to you what I did. I was working on, and we've gone all over this in our show here, but let's just refresh it because maybe someone's going to listen for the first time. Okay, so given a number, starting with the number two, we can create a modulo table of uh, two times two. We can create a table of two times two, an array. And then for each multiple of the numbers, we can put them in that and fill out that table um, so we can say for x uh, from 1 to n, and then for, so we can, we can scan the xy coordinates, and we can multiply those two numbers together, give us a multiple of the two numbers, so it'll be like 1 times 2, 2 times 2, 1 times, So it'll be all the multiples of um, of one and two, which will give you one, two, four. And then we can set those in the table and turn those bits on or off. By applying a modulo to them. That's basically what I did. So take the two numbers, multiply them against each other. Um, and then set that bit. After finding the module in the table, and then set the bit. So. I mean, that's not a very good ex explanation of what I did. 
Um, and I'm sorry about that. I don't have the code in front of me, but basically I was taking tables of different sizes, and I think I'm taking all the numbers and all the multiples. I mean, take, basically take all the numbers and then uh, plot them, plot the multiples of all the numbers. Not all the numbers, because if you put all the numbers, then all the numbers would just be... Um, if you just take all the numbers, then all the numbers would just be white, so the table would be completely white. Right? If you just go one through infinity, and you plot each one, then every single square would be filled out. But if I take every column number and multiply it by every row number, that'll give me the multiplication table. So I'm basically taking the multiplication table of a certain size, which has gaps, and then I'm putting that multiplication table on a modulus of a certain size to create a bitmap. And I created the bitmap instead of creating the, the lines, because I was starting to get sick of this whole line thing. And I realized we need to just get down to the pixels. And I thought it would be a good experiment, and it was a good experiment. And we saw clear lines, permanent lines, and then temporary lines showing up along the way. And depending on the number that we did, you would see squares going straight, you see them rotate. You basically have different size rotating squares interlaid on top of each other, just like I saw. And I'm starting to see curves. I'm starting to see curves in the output. And that's really scary. I think I saw, when I was scanning through the, I made a video out of it, and at certain points in the video, I see definitely curves occurring. And that might be some kind of effect of the sampling or whatever. But I'm starting to think that given these bitmaps, um, that we can create curves, at least the illusion of curves and that these curves that we're seeing might have some meaning. So what I want to do next is I want to use the um, OpenCV image recognizer to start recognizing lines and shapes in these bitmaps and classifying them. to look for these curves. Maybe we can write a simple algorithm to find a curve, or maybe we can train some neural network or some other thing. In any case, sorry about the cars.
So, the sun's coming up. The sun is up. The trees are blooming. It's amazing. The birds are singing. Everyone's happy. Yeah, there's curves in this uh, diagram. I could spend hours looking at it, and I need to uh, pull out the frames. And I also noticed a certain um, every X frames on certain multiples, you'll see um, you'll see something happening. And I need to create some kind of text that matches the frames that I'm creating. So I created, I have a generator that creates a, a bitmap and that bitmap is then scaled um, by the uh, video editing tool. So that you will get certain effects. And you know that circular effect that you see, those moiré patterns that you see in the um, screens, maybe that's also what we're seeing. But maybe this moiré pattern is a natural part of math, and maybe we'll see that, we'll see that naturally occurring in mathematics we'll see that naturally occurring in the brain and maybe it's when you have two different networks overlaying each other and firing just at the right timing the right patterns that you'll create a circle you'll create angles where there shouldn't be any angles you'll create uh, curves so more work to do there and um, looks like we're losing Chicken Jar for a while. He's changing his up his whole life. He's no longer working the night shift. He's trying to get his driver's license and all that. So I don't think we'll be hearing him from him for a while. So.
Yeah. But I think when I get this uh, video up, and I do my write-up, I'm going to create a website. And, um... Put this video out. We're going to change up our path today. We're not going to walk the same exact path every time. I've gotten into a rut. So... definitely have a topic we can, we can promote soon and actually propagate to get more people uh, listening. So it might be a good time to uh, actually go ahead and delete old videos, old audios, and reset again. Just in case, if we have any new listeners, that they might go back and listen to old episodes and be very upset. With the horrible ideas that I presented. Because math people can be very sensitive. So we can't let them get upset. Or I just won't mention the stream at random. I'll create a whole new brand as this associated with this one because it would. Uh, easier. I'm all worried about that. I guess I'm flighty and afraid.
Yep. It's amazing. It's really amazing uh, what's going on. Okay, so we talked about these um, modulos and just one of many visualizations yet to come. Because I have some other things I'm working on. And I started to work on these factors, factorizing parameters. So I'm starting to think that every entity in a system that's worth mentioning is a compound number. And it's composed of primes that are multiplied together to produce it. So every field and every class and every name would be a contributing bit of information. So when you factor a number, when you refactor your objects, if it's a prototype, then it's a prime, right? If it's an object that's used to create other objects, we'll just call that a, pri um, a prime number or a partial factor. And then you could have common factors that are reoccurring. They're not necessarily primes. And then the final object can be just described as multiples of many different primes. And that's basically, everything's a number, and that's it. I mean, how simple is that? And if you think of it like that, we're gonna get to the bottom of all these different systems, including the tree structures of the compiler. Every different tree type 
those are just contributing prime factors or primes every field could be considered a prime as well that's multiplied in see that's where I never really thought about it well if you have a compound you have a class that's, created a lot of, that's created out of lots of fields. It's like take these compound values, like take these fields, these take these five fields, right? And now multiply them against each other. That gives you a tuple. And now you add a name, right? So you add plus one, you create a new prime. Okay, how's that? So a class, that's created out of other classes. It's just that other class added together with extra information to create a new prime. So you need to find the primes or find the factors that would work that way. With a plus one. And uh, and that way we can reduce all of these tree structures in the compiler to a prime no to numbers to the girdle numbering. Basically, create a girdle numbering for tree structures. How's that? Create a girdle numbering for uh, everything. I mean, that's what it's getting down to, isn't it? The girdle numbering of the world. I never thought I would say that with any confidence. The girdle fractal. Remember that episode? But now it's connecting. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this big interview we have today. One-on-one -on -one with a new boss. The new boss is the old boss. 
The new boss is the old boss. New boss is the old boss. Okay, so, um, kind of jumping between topics here. This is the stream of random, by the way. We kind of do that. If you're still listening, if you're still here, thank you. Love y'all. And I am very afraid to speak my mind. I've gotten into that position now, or I'm afraid of saying anything. And I want to approach things from a position of power and strength to avoid attacks which is why I have chosen to study math. Now, listening to MoFax this morning, Adam Curry said science is racist and math is racist. And uh, that was kind of funny because we were saying the same thing yesterday. Even the idea of a position of power and authority is a very anti-egalitarian idea. Very much unequal. So, At a high level, what we were trying to do, independent of the details, with the whole modulo thing, is for each number to take its multiples and to look where they fit on the modulo table. Because that's how you create the sieve of Erathenes, by taking the multiples and plotting them out. And that's exactly what I was doing. 
and you can't take more than a certain amount of multiples because at the higher levels you go off the chart so we have to stop at a certain point and that creates the thinning out at the top end or bottom end or whatever you want to see it as at the one side it starts to thin out and you see some lines and I want to describe each of those lines mathematically and go frame by frame and understand them and I'm looking for an algorithm to do that to do line fitting so I guess what we could do is we could look for lines and then spin a line in 360 degrees and look at where it matches and we could scan each pixel for lines or scan from left to right and top to bottom in the center I guess we could scan each column looking for lines and then remember which lines we found and then scan for those again I think just by checking all the possibilities each pixel we could also do a binary search but some of these lines appear immediately at low resolution and some appear later and there's a whole tree structure of these lines when you look and it creates this beautiful star shape when you scroll back and forth and it's just beautiful you see boxes rotating or boxes that are up here and depending on how much you skip and I'm thinking of creating a diagram a video where you just sample every fourth frame every third frame or whatever you skip different frames to create a different uh, so we can separate these different videos into, we can separate out the different frames into different videos split it up I was just thinking that my walk is kind of like an orbit Not exactly, but it's a repeating circling from home to somewhere. And it gets more and more stable as I get experience.
so. Okay, just thinking about work again, oh my god. <clears throat> so splitting up the videos into different streams, or just changing the skip count for the frames. Um, instead of skipping forward one, we could skip forward two or three or four. And that would also change the whole modulo. But there's certain patterns that you've seen with even and odd. And that's what I'm trying to capture. So I'm hoping that if I can turn these frames into vectors, so go from bitmap to vector and capture the important lines, that we can see how those progress. different shapes and account for them and you can see them just by scanning through the video you can see them and that's the great thing that's also what I wanted to say that you can use the visualization in your mind to quickly find things so maybe I could remove features that the computer found right and then we leave the features that the computer hasn't found out where we document all the all the known features and we just create a video with the unknown features with the leftovers and it's like okay that's a prime factor we remove that it's another prime factor we remove that so we remove all the primes and then we factor out of the math until we have documented them all and eventually we might find the circle or determine that the circle's not in there. And I'm thinking the circle's in there. And if we can show that there's a circle inside of the modulus table, if we could find pi, I definitely saw circles. Because if we could find pi in there, even if it's an illusion of a, of a circle, a hint of a circle, <clears throat> 
then that would be a game changer for my understanding of the numbers. So it's like, well, you see it when you watch the video, but when you pause the video and roll back, you can't find it when you look frame by frame. That's like an illusion of a circle. So maybe we're just creating an illusion of a circle. In any case, I know that I have been uh, getting on people's nerves by producing so much content. And you're not willing to be subjugated by me like Euler had his 12 assistants writing down everything he said and documenting it and working on it. And he was the oracle. So that was also another example of an inequality. Right? Created by the fiat kingdom. So math was created on inequalities. But otherwise he wouldn't have been able to do it because the guy was blind. So you go figure, you tell me, is the world better for math or not? Like how would we even be having this conversation if it wasn't for Euler? Like wasn't he extremely necessary? Didn't he crack the Da Vinci Code, let's call it? From the E, the number E, the exponent function, the Euler constant, we also get square roots and exponents, which are related to prime numbers. I didn't tell you we're heading back already. I think what I'm going to do, if anyone asks me about something that I'm not sure of, I'll say, listen, I'm not too sure about that, or I'm concerned about that. I don't have enough information. I, need to, I don't have the time to study it and to make a decision on it. It's still on my to-do list. It's on my backlog.
My phone's beeping at me. Maybe someone has sending me a message. Actually, I do want to check my messages. I want to know if anyone's interested in what I was doing. I gotta send this to Chicken Jar, too. So, um, I guess what I need to do now for this uh, GIF animation, for this animation I did, is to color the multiples and add in a color. So, so it's not all just one color, white, black, and white. It's more nuanced so you can see the twos and the threes and so forth. Let me send this to Mr. Chicken. Fifty-one minutes. Well, I think I'm going to uh, stop now. An hour is good enough. And um, I don't get any email saying I need more content from you, Mike. More. I need to hear more. I got a lot of stuff to work on. This is just the beginning. Um, of the study. But uh, it's... <laughs> the introspector idea is we apply the pattern, the visual pattern matching of the brain two things, we look at it, and I guess we really need to get into some machine learning. I guess, I guess I could mathematically describe, just manually do some, some of these lines. Really what I need is to put them on, now on a square and draw like a SVG, take the bitmap, convert it into a vector, right? And for each square, write text in the square saying where, where did it come from? What are the factors of it, right? Basically fill out a table of all the information for each square telling you what it is. That would be a good, debugger and then you zoom in I would use different icons and say oh this is a triangular number this is a pyramidic number like that guy did
so yeah, so we go to the bitmap, and then from the bitmap, we uh, convert that bitmap actually it back into a vector, and then we can draw inside the vector. I think that's what we're going to do next. At least number of the squares, or color code them, so you could find them. Like, given this system, how could we color code the squares in such a way? You know how the dial tones, oh, that's one last thing I wanted to tell you. You know how the dial tones have these two numbers and you add them together? So each number of the phone is just two different tones added together, multiplied by each other. Well, I guess they're added. So, what I'm thinking, there's a hair on, and there's a deer running. This is like a, a nature park here. Oh, it is a nature park. It's a state park. So basically, I was thinking I could take this sequence and convert it to tones, and then you could listen to it and find patterns in it. Because what if you're blind? Just reading the numbers to you would drive you crazy, but if we turned it into music, you might hear a pattern in the music and say, oh, I heard a pattern. So I was thinking, it's not only the introspector idea of looking at it with your eyes, but could we create another mathematical neuron interface of sounds or even touch we could generate with a braille board patterns that you could feel moving under your hands. I thought that would be neat. And, um, I don't know, there's some real beauty in this pattern that I created. Yeah, what if we created music notes for each of those frames? And then injected that. That's pretty dank. It smells like an Amsterdam coffee shop here on the canal. Really strong. I guess someone's enjoying the uh, New Jersey decriminalization of marijuana. 
I'm not enjoying it. Do not partake. Gotta keep a clean head to do these maths. Can't get it all gummed up. Clogged up. Clogged up. Clogged. But we have those drugs in our heads. Let me tell you. And listening to this podcast will definitely activate some psychoactive substances. Let me tell you that too. Because we are the drugs. You don't need to buy drugs. Just listen to this podcast. That's right. And, uh... And that's all i got to say for now, so I will talk to you in the next episode. Okay, so this is a voice message for with nothing to say. Um, well, first of all, try uh, doing what I do, which is the walking podcast. So go out for a walk and um, record your podcast on the walk because you'll get some exercise and you won't have uh, your significant other getting bothered by you talking and you won't fall asleep because you were yawning on the other day. That was funny. And um, as to the question of whether or not school should be stressed, I hate to say it, but in work, you get stressed because remember, we are gladiators fighting it out for the, uh, for the the, uh, entertainment of the emperor, and they want to see one of us die. So in the end, at work, you're going to get into a situation where they're going to pit you against someone else and you have to eliminate that other person. So you can naturally incur a certain amount of stress because that's what life is about. It's about being a slave gladiator for the emperor. So don't forget that, my friend. And uh, why don't you make a GoFundMe uh, or what is it called? Kickstarter for your movie. Hey, uh... I think you're putting too much pressure on yourself about this making this film this summer. You're putting pressure on yourself. Maybe that's the pressure that you didn't have in school. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, Steven Spielberg's making movies, and he's like past retirement. So life is long, dude. And uh, when you said you don't know what rolling with the punches means, I guess that's you're avoiding conflict of some kind. I guess you never worked with really brutal people before. I would listen to uh, Jocko if I were you. Prioritize and execute. You're going to have to stop with something. Oh, well, one more thing. Um, why don't you tell us about your script on the podcast? You could um, 
go over your script and your ideas with your with uh, your listeners. Yeah, put it together with exercise, like you said. That's what my walking podcast is. Excuse the cars in the background. No, I agree. Uh, doing a podcast is great therapy. 